0: to self-listeners and subscribers. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so excited to be back on the mic this time in 2023. I'm mind blown that we're already in 2023. 2022 is behind us and There is so much that this year is bringing. I don't know why, but I just feel like this is going to be a really powerful year for myself, but also for the collective. I feel like there's just a lot of things moving, a lot of things happening, and I'm really excited for it. I'm excited to learn, I'm excited to grow, and I'm excited to build more community and create more, create more in the world in terms of podcasts and in terms of offers that help to you know put the things that i have learned out there and help each other so that we can grow and become and evolve and do all of the things i'm very pumped and very excited and i thought what about a better way to start this year than to talk about some of the lessons tend to be exact that i am personally bringing with me into this new year in order to become the best version of myself that i can possibly be this year so In this episode, I'm going to talk about, like I said, 10 lessons, 10 insights that I have been thinking about these past few months, these past few years that I'm really bringing with me as practices, as tools, as just lessons that I can have in my so-called toolbox that will help me fully embrace this year and whatever it brings. And so I thought I would share those those (laughs) I would share those on the podcast today with you so if they resonate with you you can take them for yourself as well as I was listening back to this podcast I was like wow I really wish that I would have used I instead of you for like all of these because when I say you I really mean like me (laughs) um so yeah just know that this is kind of me talking to myself and reminding myself in a way I feel like when I get into like a flow in these podcasts, especially when it's just me, it almost feels like it's like my higher version talking to like my lower version, if you want to call it that. Like the person in me that is more mature and kind of knows what she knows, talking to the person that's still not fully embodying all of that truth. And so, yeah, it's all of these podcasts are always a way for me to learn, for me to you know, continue to reinforce the things that I know to be true and the things that I'm learning. And therefore, I think that if they are helpful for me, they are probably also helpful for someone else out there, especially if you're interested in these conversations and you're listening along. So what else do I want to tell you? I want to tell you that before we jump into the episode, just a couple of updates. One is that there are so many exciting guests coming onto the show this month, and especially this year, I am going full force into the Home Self podcast. It lights me up inside, and I just am so excited to bring awesome guests onto the show to keep these authentic conversations going about what it means to be human, what it means to be on a healing and growth journey to become the best versions of ourselves, the healthiest, happiest humans we can possibly be and yeah I've got a lot planned for you so I hope that you're subscribed I hope you're excited and if you have any ideas or suggestions for who you want to have on the show or what kinds of conversations you want to hear more of please reach out I would love 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 to hear from you the second thing that I want to tell you about that I'm so excited about is on a more personal note I am now working with an incredible mentor who I will definitely be bringing on the podcast someday and just sharing all of the nuggets and wisdom that I learned from her on this podcast. I have done... A lot of work on myself in the past three or four years. If you have followed my journey, you probably know I've tried so many different things. I have just done a lot of research, a lot of self-development work, a lot of plant medicine work, all of the things. And within that, I've also done a ton of courses, online programs, especially group programs, whether that's for business, business development or spirituality or whatever it is. Um, I've done a lot of yeah been part of a lot of containers that are more of a group setting some more intimate than others but regardless I've never worked with a coach one-on-one which is a problem <laughs> no, it's not really a problem but it is something that I have been craving and like wanting for a long time now. The issue, or not the issue, but the reason that it's taken this long for me is, I mean, partially because it's divine timing and I don't always get to dictate when things happen, but the part that I do have control over, I know that I am picky in terms of who I want to work with and I was waiting for the right person that I'm like, it feels like a full fuck yes, like my whole body is in it, and I'm like, yes, this is it, this is exactly who I'm supposed to be working with at this point in my life, so that feeling, I had it like a little bit here and there with different people, but this is like on a whole nother level, um, and I, I know that this is the right person in the right time, and that has been really powerful because The other part of it is that it's obviously a big investment. Working with someone one-on-one is more expensive than group programs, and that's also why I have put it off for a little while, because I didn't have the financial capacity to do that in the level that I wanted. However, the opportunity has come, slash I have created it out of thin air, (laughs) and I am so excited. And yet I am so terrified at the same time, not only because it's a massive investment and a huge leap of faith for me, but also because I know that there's no more hiding. You know, the parts of me that are still hanging in there, keeping me small in this life, stopping me from fully stepping into my potential are about to be exposed. And with a lot of love, they are going to be broken down so that they no longer have power over me. And that is the exciting thing about coaching is that when you're with the right person and you're willing to do the work and willing to go there, you can uncover so many aspects of your subconscious that you didn't even fully know were there that have been holding you back from becoming the person you've always wanted to be or from experiencing the healing that you've wanted to experience. And so I'm super, super, super excited, not only for myself and for everything that I'm going to experience, but mostly so that I can share it all with you Because that's part of this podcast, I would say a majority of this podcast is me, you know, going on this journey and sharing everything that I learned along the way very humbly, hopefully, with you guys so that we can all learn from it together and we can open this conversation, which I feel like there should be more of in the world. And so without further ado, I've talked so much, but hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight as to where I'm at, how I'm entering this new year with so much passion and so much excitement for everything that is to come. And with that, I'm going to stop the intro and start the actual podcast into the 10 lessons that I am bringing with me into this new year and that I invite you to bring with you as well if they resonate in your body. I love you guys so much. Enjoy the show. So the first insight that I want to share with you guys is one that's a little bit more broad and Definitely is going to be the theme of this year that I'm going to be breaking down into some with so much more detail, but I just want to mention it briefly here as the first insight, which is just the overall healing power of the mind. The human mind is a supercomputer. It's a supercomputer that we have barely tapped into. And what I specifically have realized over the past few months and more deeply over the past few days is that our minds have the ability to make us sick or to heal us and everything in between. And that's why I think that our minds and our psyches are one of the scariest spaces to explore Like, I don't know if you've heard of the darkness retreat that people are doing nowadays, but it's something that has definitely caught my attention, but I am afraid to go there now in my life. I know it's something I'll explore later on, but people say that it is scarier than ayahuasca or like some really intense psychedelic experience and all it really is is going into a dark space like completely pitch black dark where you can't even see your hand in front of your face for an extended period of time so some people go for three days some people go for four or five or even a week and you have no human interaction and you can't see anything and someone like drops off food but other than that I mean you don't see light for multiple days and it sounds so intense because it is, but if you think about it, there's no external substance that you're given. Like you're not just you're not doing this crazy external thing. Like it just has to do with your inner world that you are exploring, especially the space between your ears, right? Everything that has to do with your head and your mind gets deeply looked at in a space like that. And people say it's one of the craziest, scariest, hardest things to go through. But on the other side of that, it can also lead to the most insane breakthroughs and insights and learning about yourself and healing. And so it just goes to show how powerful our minds are. And I'm going to do another episode on this based on my own story that I've wanted to do for a while, but it's been really difficult to find the words to truly put it all Into a nice cohesive episode. And it's essentially about my journey and not just my journey, but my journey over the past year and how I have felt a massive transformation take place, not because of anything I've really done physically, but more so what has happened within me, in my mind and in the way that I look at life and that I perceive life and myself. That shift. And the work that I have been studying and doing has dramatically shifted my life and how I feel. And that is something that I really want to unpack on the podcast. I just am still trying to find the right words for it. But essentially what this comes down to is just the power of our perception. Everything in life is perception, right? That's why two people can look at the same event or experience the same thing and have completely different experiences internal experiences because how they interpret what happened and they even say that trauma is not what happened to you it's how you perceived it so what happened within you as a result of what happened to you and that just goes to show that if we address what is going on in our head and we shift our mindset we have the ability to heal and not just and not just that it's like the healing piece is is really the piece that i want to expand on because i i it's like i knew i knew that our minds and our thoughts had such a powerful impact on our health like i knew that everyone talks about that but i didn't know that <laughs> you know what i mean like it's one thing to just kind of like believe it and say it but if you truly believed it you would not let An unconscious, negative limiting belief or thought slipped by your awareness if you really knew the impact that it had. And recently, I've been getting into Joe Dispenza's work again. You know, when when you start listening or watching something again or reading something again and it finally like clicks, it clicks in a different way that it didn't before. That is what's happening with me recently. And Joe Dispenza's work is all about using the mind and the entering these deeply meditative states to physically change your body, your health and your life. Creating a new version of yourself using the power of the mind and the amount of science he has to back that up is insane. I mean it takes it it, it's really obvious that this works. There is proof. And that paired with Peter Crone's work that I have studied extensively over the past year and a half, and the documentary Heal as well, have just completely shifted my approach to health and wellness. Because I don't want to sit here anymore and talk about what we should be eating. Because A, I don't think that there is one diet that fits everyone, and I truly believe that now. And B, I just think that it's scratching the surface of what is actually at the root cause of our dis-ease, our lack of ease. Whether that's a chronic illness or whether those are symptoms or whether that is mental health issues, whatever that lack of ease is for you, I think that the deeper root cause has to do with our perception and what is going on in our mind and our bodies. And I think that the, mod, I don't think, I know, I know so deeply that the mind that the mind needs to be addressed and our thoughts and behaviors and how that's all influencing our health. And so that is really going to be my approach to life and to health and wellness moving forward. So that's all I'm going to say for that. I'm really excited to dive deeper into that topic because I could talk about it all day long. It's fascinating to me, and I've seen such a drastic change in my own body, my own life, and my own inner peace that I just can't not scream it from the rooftops. But let's move on for the sake of this episode. Okay, so the second insight and piece of advice that I saw on social media is don't do anything on autopilot. Don't do anything on autopilot. And that's a hard thing to do because mm, I want to say it's about 95% of our day we operate from autopilot, from the subconscious. We're not actually aware of what we're doing on a conscious level. Like if you think of driving to work or your morning routine or things that you just do every single day that have now become so deeply ingrained in your subconscious that you just do them automatically, right? You can be spacing off, you can be thinking about something else and your body is still doing the thing like it's still drying you off the same way brushing your teeth putting your makeup on like all these things that have just become ritual habitual and yet that can also work against us because like any spiritual teacher will tell you life becomes better and you're you become healthier happier more successful all of the above when you live in the present moment right and the present moment you know we're always here like whether you like it or not you are in the present moment at all points in your life that's all that exists however our minds are usually somewhere else they are either in the past reminiscing about what happened or you know thinking about what you wish would have happened or projecting into the future You know, what you think is going to come, you know, worrying about what might happen, whatever you have to do next, your to-do list. Our minds are always somewhere else, not always, but a lot of times our minds are somewhere else. And that not only makes life pass us by with, you know, really a lack of meaning, but it also just ruins our ability to become self-aware and to create change in our lives. Because when we operate on autopilot, we are not fully present. Our awareness is not fully in the now and we let things slip by our awareness that are the pieces that need to be changed in order to create change in our lives, right? We're all here to become some better version of ourselves, to become a little bit better than the person we were yesterday. But if we are just repeating our lives or most of our lives every single day unconsciously, nothing is going to change or it's going to move very slowly. So I think that the power of trying to not live your lives on autopilot is massive because it has the potential to really make us aware of every little thing that we are doing so that not only are we giving it our fullest attention and therefore showing up fully, like when people talk about showing up fully It's showing up fully with your presence and your attention because whatever you give attention to, that is what you're putting your energy towards. And if your attention is about worrying about the future, that is where your energy is at. So you are not fully present for whatever it is that you are doing or saying in the moment. And if we take back our power, which is our attention, and we choose to operate from a place of presence, a place of full awareness in our lives, even in the mundane, especially in the mundane of our lives, we create the power to start to change, to act more intentionally, which creates a more intentional, more meaningful life overall. So that is a really powerful thing. And I hope you'll remember it. Don't do anything on autopilot or do the best you can with that. But that has a massive potential to change our lives and create change overall. Okay, number three. Silence and self-inquiry are the most important tools for growth and healing. So this one kind of has to do with the last one. Because if we're not on autopilot, like I said, we can be more self-aware. And when we are self aware, we can be more curious of who we are and what we are doing. And this has to do with self inquiry, because I think that self inquiry is like, it's absolutely necessary if we want to create change in our lives. Everything that we experience is a result of who we are being, right? And so. We are done living in a world where we think we need to change our circumstances in order to feel better or, you know, get the things that we want in life. We have started to shift collectively to understand deeply that if we want to change something in our lives, we have to look at ourselves, who we are being energetically so that we can change how we are experiencing life and what we are receiving in life. And... The most powerful tools that I have ever come across that are broad but absolutely just cannot be ignored if you want to step into a new version of yourself, heal, grow, expand, whatever, it's silence and self-inquiry. So like I said, self-inquiry is is self-awareness but with a sense of curiosity in terms of not only am I aware of what I'm doing what I'm thinking who I'm being how I'm showing up but I'm also asking questions to go deeper and this is where journaling is one of my favorite ways to do that to to self-inquire because you are able to physically put things onto paper get them out of your head and kind of put perspective put some space between you and what you've written down so that you can analyze it so that you can ask questions it's almost like you are in dialogue with yourself and with all these different parts of ourselves and yeah just asking yourself questions about the things that show up in your life and especially your triggers So a trigger is really anything that causes some sort of emotional reaction within your body, whether that's positive or quote unquote negative, but anything that really triggers you for the most part, they're going to be things that trigger us in a quote unquote negative way, right? So something that upsets us or frustrates us or causes jealousy or anger or resentment or guilt or shame, any of those feelings that are that bubble up inside of us due to something that happens externally even though that that's not really the cause. It's the cause is your perception of what's going on. But when something triggers us, that is the moment that you get to inquire. Instead of, again, trying to be like, trying to play the blame game of like, oh, this person did this and it it made me feel this way. Okay, if that is how you want to view the world and life, then you have given away your power. Because you now have no say and no control over your own emotions if you think that someone else is causing you to feel any certain way. However, if you do choose to be a bigger person, even though it's hard, and say, you know what? Yes, that person may have played a role and you know, no one's perfect. Everyone has their shit. But I can't control anything they're doing. And knowing what I know about perception and that I create my own reality... What within me was triggered that made me feel this way? And those are the questions we need to start asking ourselves if we want to step deeper into this, you know, growth and expansion and healing. And aside from that, silence, 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 silence. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. It's just deep, deep silence. And this is why meditation is so powerful because think about how little time we spend in silence pretty much only when we're sleeping because especially in our modern day worlds there's always a noise and there's always light and there's always a distraction especially with social media where it's just an endless pit of distraction and stimuli but even just in your actual life like there's things everywhere there's there's physical distractions there's like visual distractions there's noises there's sounds there's smells there's everything and all of this sensory input is constantly being filtered through our minds and creating meaning right and it's taking away again our most valuable asset which is our awareness and if we don't balance all of that stimulus out with some silence every now and then we start to feel overwhelmed and stressed and like chaotic on the inside. And that is also again what leads to dis-ease in the body because your body is a reflection of how you feel. And so finding stillness, finding silence to either just be with yourself and calm your nervous system down and just come back into this moment or to do some self-inquiry inquiry, where you are actually digging deep into your own psyche to figure out like where am I being trapped? What's holding me back? How am I getting upset? How am I getting in my own way? All these different questions that we can ask ourselves to get to know ourselves deeper. So you can kind of play with stillness and silence in these ways to either use it to inquire or just use it to calm your body down and find a deep, deep sense of relaxation. Which is so vital to our well-being, our mental health, our physical health, all of it. Not to mention stillness is also the portal into our intuitive superpowers. Especially as women, we are so damn intuitive. Like that is a characteristic of the feminine that is just really, really powerful. I mean, I think all humans are intuitive in some way. But I think women, particularly, are very psychic, very intuitive. They just have this sixth sense that is very strong if it is nurtured, right? If it's, it's, it's a muscle that needs to be trained, needs to be practiced. And stillness is our access point. When we quiet the noise of our minds, of our external reality of the environment around us, we are able to access the whispers of our soul, We are able to access the internal nudges of our intuition because they are very subtle. They're always there, but they are suppressed by all of the louder noise and the chaos and the turbulence that is going on all around us all of the time and even within us and within our own minds. So quieting the noise to access our intuitive gifts is just another plus that makes us really powerful and enables us to step into healing and step into growth a lot quicker. So we can start to have a, have a relationship to our intuition and know that it's there and access it and come back to it when we need guidance in life. Okay, number four. The end goal of all of this work, of all these things we do in the name of health and wellness, in my opinion is playfulness. And safety is the prerequisite for play. So again, I'm going to say this again, the end goal is playfulness and safety is the prerequisite for play. So what I mean about this is that I think that the reason we do all of this work on ourselves and to heal and to grow and all these things is so that we can enjoy our lives more right? It's so that we can thrive instead of survive. It's so that we can be fully and unapologetically ourselves. And if you think about who we really are as humans, on the inside, there is an inner child. There's an inner child that loves to play, that is in wonder and awe and just amazed by this insane human playground that we call earth. We are here to have fun at the end of the day. And that often gets forgotten when we get too serious about this healing work. And don't get me wrong, you know, this work, there's moments for it to be serious. You know, trauma is a very serious thing. There's, there's just pieces that are a little bit more heavy and need to be taken a little bit more serious. However, sometimes we can get lost in the seriousness and feel like that is all that there is room for. And I'm raising my hand right now because this was me. I definitely took it too serious for a long time and it took a toll on my body. It took a toll on my health and my energy. And I lost the sense of play. And what I heard in an episode, a podcast episode I listened to recently, was that, you know, the people that where people say like, oh, they grew up so fast, there's a lot of people like that. And I would say that I am one of those people that just like lost their sense of play and matured really quickly. And sometimes we think that, I don't know, we kind of make it sound like that's a good thing. But what I heard in this episode is that they grew up so fast because they had to. Because trauma, when trauma happens to us at a young age, even if it's not some like really complex trauma, but just like a little T trauma, like emotional neglect or whatever it is. The nervous system has to keep itself safe. The nervous system has to adapt to the way that you are perceiving your environment as unsafe at a young age when you don't know any better in order to keep you safe. It's a survival mechanism. Growing up so fast is a survival mechanism. And that's what's really important to note. And this isn't to say that we should shame ourselves for, you know, maturing so fast or growing up so fast or not being silly enough or whatever it is. Because, again, we adopted that way of being at a young age when we didn't know any better and we were just trying to protect ourselves or our nervous system or some part of us was trying to protect ourselves by pushing down the playful, silly, you know, innocent little girl and having the more mature like have it all figured out get your shit together kind of part of you to step up and take over and so we have to have a lot of compassion for ourselves when we understand why these things happen the way that they do but once we know better we can do better and that's what we're here to unlearn through all of this work all of this meditation and and um breath work and self-inquiry plant medicines whatever it is that helps you heal and grow and expand that work is in my opinion there to create safety in your body to help you learn how to regulate your nervous system even when shit is hitting the fan all around you your inner world is yours to control and therefore you can have say in how you feel but it needs to be practiced right It has to become a safety not just of your mind. You can't just tell yourself you're safe. Your body has to feel safe. And that's why these somatic practices like yoga and meditation and breath work are really powerful for helping us to create safety in the body. And it's through safety in the body that we reach a level of playfulness, that we reach a level of feeling safe enough to be playful. Right, Because people who are too serious all the time, it's because deep down, they are afraid that if they let go and let themselves be silly, let themselves just be in the moment, fully like a kid, that something is going to go wrong. Because either they feel like they need to be in control all the time, because who else is going to be in control, or they feel like they will make a fool of themselves and someone will judge them something is keeping them from fully letting go and just playing the way that they would as a child and so I really think that the end goal of all of this is not to just live this super serious mature life where you have your shit together all the time and like you know whatever you're fully healed if that's even a thing I think it's so that we can come back to where we were when before life happened to us right? When we were kids, and we didn't yet know about trauma, we didn't yet know about that something we could do is can be viewed as wrong, or that we need to become someone in order to be worthy and loved. Like before we had any idea about all of this, we just were, we just were ourselves, our authentic selves. And we interacted with the world around us on a moment by moment basis. And we were super you know excited about life and about everything that came into our awareness we were curious we asked questions and we weren't putting filters on ourselves, thinking that oh that's a dumb question or I should I should know that already we were just playing we were just being and that I think is the goal it's like heal your shit so that you can get back to fully being you being authentic being playful having fun why else did we come here why else do we do all this healing work it's so that we can fully fucking enjoy our lives and yeah it's always going to have its ups and downs but like if you are able to fully be there with all of it and not push it away or shame yourself then life does become more fun and more enjoyable and I have witnessed that firsthand and I'm not fully there yet obviously But I have noticed the difference and I have noticed myself, especially this year, becoming so much more playful, allowing myself to be more silly, dancing, and just doing things simply because they're fun and not because they have to have a purpose. Oh my god, the purpose piece is so huge. It's like we don't have time to not be doing something productive. That is the mentality of this like survival mode and it fucking sucks. It's like, what is the point? Like, why are you doing all this work if you're not going to enjoy yourself every once in a while? So let yourself play more. All right, I hope I can get through all of these because obviously I get very passionate. Okay, number five. Being witnessed fully, and I wrote fully in capital letters here on my notes because I mean it fully in terms of the light and the dark, the messiness and the beauty. Being witnessed fully is the intimate connection that feels so scary, yet is the most freeing feeling, what we crave most as human beings. So this really comes down to connection, like true intimate connection, human to human, whether that's in partnership or with friends and family, hopefully everyone being witnessed fully is so interesting because it feels like the scariest thing in the world for people like oh my gosh if they see this shadow part of me this part of me that I've been hiding my whole life that feels so shameful and that I just want to hide from the world if they see that they won't love me anymore or they'll judge me. Or I'll be like kicked out of the tribe. Whatever, whatever that deep, deep, deep subconscious story is, it scares the shit out of us as humans to be fully seen. And yet, and yet, that is the key ingredient to true connection and true belonging. If you can find a tribe based on who you're being and how you are showing up in the world that allows you to truly be yourself authentically and authentically doesn't just mean happy and carefree and perfect it's quite the opposite it's just letting yourself be how you are in the moment in the moment and the truth is that this human experience is fucking hard it's also beautiful but it comes with the whole gamut the whole like light part of being human and the dark parts you know, the messy and the beautiful, it's all here, whether you want to hide it and pretend it's not there, or whether you're going to fully embrace it, we all go through our shit. And we all go through our triumphs and our successes. And instead of hiding the darkness, and shoving it away and pretending it's not there and showing up to your friends when they ask you, how was your day? And you just say, Oh, it was it was all right. Instead of fully going deep and being like, you know what, today was fucking hard and like I just need to break down for a moment like can you hold some space for me and if we just open up more and allow ourselves to be fully seen fully vulnerable in our truth in the moment even if we don't have our shit together even the even if we don't know what we're doing with our lives like allowing ourselves to fully express that is again so scary but so liberating I think that that's what we're all seeking and sometimes it requires you going first you know so obviously we have to use discernment in terms of who we trust with our fullest expression but when we find even that one person that we know will love us no matter what how can we practice slowly stepping deeper and deeper into showing ourselves fully our true full colors in the moment and see what that does to your relationships? Because from my experience it has been so powerful to let myself go there. And again, I'm not fully there. I don't fully allow myself because and I mean I've I've touched moments where I fully allow myself, especially with my partner. I think that that is something I've really really grown in is is our relationship and just allowing myself to fully be me and that's the beauty of an intimate relationship like that but for me it's primarily been learning to do that with friends and i'm getting better at it but it does take practice it takes again coming back to this this piece on safety that we just talked about your body your nervous system has to feel safe enough to open up right because it's almost not a conscious choice of holding back or playing it safe or even on the bright light side, like if, you, if you're really, really excited about something, a lot of people will like dim it down because they don't want to be too much. So that's also a, an expression of that. But it's like how can we fully allow ourselves to be there and first before that create some safety in the body like practice breath work practice this self inquiry and all of these different steps that we can take to truly get to the root so that in those moments when we have this opportunity for deep intimate connection we can fully show up. And let ourselves be seen. And that's what breeds connection. Because then you are giving the other person permission to fully open up as well. And when you both realize that you both have your version of shit. You both have your ups and downs. That is when the connection in the relationship becomes so much more deep and meaningful. Number six. Shadow work is not about fixing or removing any part of yourself but about bringing light to all aspects of yourself. So in this healing slash spiritual community, a lot of people talk about shadow work. If you don't know what shadow work is, it's basically just doing the deeper work to bring up to the surface or bring light to the versions of yourself that you have been hiding from the world. Right? These shameful stories or just a version of yourself that you're not necessarily proud of. That you don't feel are worthy of love and acceptance. And so you kind of keep them hidden hidden in like a deep, deep pocket of your pants. And a lot of times it can feel like shadow work is about you know, destroying those parts of yourself. Or getting rid of them and making them not exist anymore. Healing them so they're not there anymore. Working through them and although there's pieces that you you know you can implement some pieces of that at the end of the day i think that shadow work is mostly about bringing awareness which is light to that shadow part of yourself because the way that i think of it is that any part of you that is a shadow part of you the reason it's a shadow is because it's lacking light right And if you correlate light with love and attention and compassion, it no longer lives in the shadow. It's like that quote about shame, where if you keep, what is, I forget exactly what the quote is, but basically like until you bring shame forward and bring awareness to it, like it continues to have power over you. But the moment that you allow it to be seen, it no longer feels shameful, right? And so it's the same with your shadow any part of you that you just feel like you need to hide from the world, I would encourage you to dive into that. Use this as a piece for self-inquiry. And I do this all the time. You know, a part of me that is too scared to show its face, show its true colors, or speak its truth, I I try to journal about it and ask myself, like, what... What is going on? And a good way of doing this is to ask that part of you how she feels or he. How does she or he feel? What is he or she trying to say? Like, if your shadow had a voice and was asking for something, what do you think he or she would be asking for? Because, again, the only thing that your shadow needs is your attention. And your attention, your attention, not anyone else's. Because I think that this is the other part that we don't know or we don't recognize as often is that a lot of us are going around trying to validate ourselves based on the external things and people and other people's opinions, right? It's like, oh, if someone else says it's okay, then I feel fine bringing this part of myself out. But if not, like, or if that person says that, you know, that that's not okay, it's not okay to like that or whatever, then I will continue to hide. But no matter how many people approve of your quote-unquote shadow, it is never going to feel good. It's never going to feel like it has truly been healed and integrated until you are the one that accepts it. Until you are the one that gives it your love and attention. So, love it with your attention bring it to light bring it to the surface ask it what it needs and show yourself some compassion knowing that all of these parts of ourselves that we have deemed unlovable are traumas are pieces of our psyche that we have learned not to not to love for some reason to try to keep ourselves safe in this world all right you guys number seven maybe we will get through these i have faith (laughs) Okay, number seven is an interesting one. And it has to do with this book that I'm reading. And I just started, so I don't even have that much to say about this. But it has to do with the wild woman archetype. So this is for my females out there. But I think, I have a feeling, that this wild woman archetype is the missing ingredient for a healthy, fully alive woman. And... The wild archetype is really exactly that. Whatever comes to mind when you think of the wild woman, there is truth to that, in my opinion. So according to this book, this wild woman archetype has always been there. Buried underneath this deep conditioning, trauma, like being a good girl and doing things right and not being too much or too loud there has always been this desire to be wild, to be free, to be unleashed, to run wild, you know, to just speak our truth and express fully. It's like this like inner wild woman that has lived there ever since humans were first here. There's always been this wild woman within all of us women. And over time, I think that this archetype, this wild woman within us has been diminished And so in order to find our spark for life again, in order to feel expressed and free and liberated sexually and emotionally and physically, I think that some self-inquiry has to be done once again. And in this book, she has a couple of questions that I wanted to share on the podcast because I found them to be really insightful. So the first question is, where have you lost your soul voice? So where are you not speaking your truth? Where are you not being bold and outspoken in an authentic way? For some fear, because of some fear of being too much or being judged or whatever. Where have you lost your soul voice? Question number two is, in what condition is my relationship to the instinctual self? Like I mentioned earlier on in the episode, I believe that women are highly intuitive. Highly intuitive. We know our gut feelings are so strong. We know when things are good for us, when things are not good for us, you know, who we should be around, who should not be around. The problem is that it's gotten so suppressed over the years and generationally over time that that voice is so quiet. That flame within us is just a little ember. But you can always bring life back to it. You can always bring it back up. You can always reconnect to that instinctual self through silence. Again, self-inquiry, meditation, breath work, all of these different modalities that help bring us home to ourselves, bring us back to our truth and back to that wild woman within us so that we can start to understand what happened, what got in the way and how we can start to feed that relationship so that she can come back to life. And the next question, very applicably, is how do I make life come alive again? How do I make life come alive again? This alive piece is really powerful. I think that that hits the nail on the head. Because a lot of women will say that they just don't feel like they are fully living. right? That their life has just become kind of dull and boring, routine-like, and they've just lost their sense of passion and purpose. And when we think of life coming alive again, what does that evoke within you? What do you think of? What feelings come through? Because for me, it's feelings of playfulness, dancing, you know, wearing different outfits and costumes, getting dressed up, putting makeup on, or not wearing makeup at all, running with my feet in the sand or in the dirt, connecting to nature singing dancing you know connecting with other people there's just so many things that make life really rich and meaningful and I think that is a very good indicator as to where we can make life come alive again and help our wild woman come to life again the woman within us and then the last question is where has the wild woman gone to where has she gone to At what age do you feel like she was tamed? And the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle is also just a book that I need to add in here because it fits so well with this topic. And it just explains through so many beautiful and amazing stories about how women have been tamed over the years, right? Our wild woman has been deemed dangerous and bad and crazy and psychic and witch-like and so over the years generationally we have suppressed that part of us and we have tried to fit the societal mold of who we should be and on the inside we feel dead there's just a lack of life a lack of passion a lack of excitement that I think we are all craving to some extent so these questions are really powerful to start to investigate where has the wild woman gone and how can I bring her back to life Because only you can do that. Number eight. I wrote, attractiveness is an energy. It comes from humble confidence, a deep trust in self, and not just focusing on appearance or what we say or do. So, I don't know if attractiveness is exactly the right word, but we're just going to go with it because I don't know what other word I would use. But it's really just this magnetism that we feel towards certain people, right? People who exude this like radiant energy, who are really confident in who they are, but not from an arrogant way. I think that when you start doing this work and start connecting more to like the energetic space and vibration and all that stuff, you really quickly can notice which people are simply acting confident, And which people are truly confident. And that is a difference that is pretty obvious to me at this point in my life. But when someone is truly confident because they know who they are. Because they've done the work to heal the shit that has gotten in the way. And made them project in wonky ways. When someone is confident because they have walked the talk. Because they are an embodiment of what they say and do. That is very sexy. It's sexy, it's attractive, it's beautiful, and it's magnetizing. And I used to think, because what that's what we're taught in the society, that attractiveness, sexiness, all of these qualities that we're all craving in some way come from how we look or what we say or what we do. Primarily how we look, right? And It just could not be further from the truth. It is such an energy, an energetic thing that we feel, and that is truly a like. It just excites ourselves when we see someone. We just like want to see them and watch them move through life because it it's it's such an energetic attraction. It's such a a dance with energy, and. What's really interesting about all of this is that again, it comes back to doing the work. Like instead of like killing yourself at the gym every day or, you know, restricting calories and eating super healthy because you want to feel confident. It's like true confidence comes when you do the inner work. Again, when you look at like what's going on in your head and in your body, like how do you feel about yourself? How do you view life? Why are you not feeling confident? What made you think that you are not attractive or not worthy of love like all of these stories and these limiting beliefs start to shape our perspective and that shapes how we show up in life so that when we do the healing we can get rid of all that we come back to our true nature which is magnetic which is attractive which is and I don't mean this again in like a in like a physical way like oh I find that person attractive that is you know there's personal preference there but I just mean in an energetic way like there's something about that person that's so powerful because they know who they are and they are not afraid to be themselves yet still considering how they're showing up and and show and like expressing with love and not fear or not projecting onto others so I hope that one made sense okay the last two are from Peter Crone, whose work I am absolutely fascinated by and the first one has to do with addiction any kind of addiction whether that's clothes social media drugs alcohol relationships whatever it is and it says you can never get enough of something that almost works you can never get enough of something that almost works oh my gosh this quote I'm just like whoa little mind blow emoji because it sums up addiction in such a concise way that is just so powerful. Because if you think of an addiction, let's talk about social media because that's an addiction that I think a lot of us suffer from without even, I think a lot of us are in denial about it, but like it's made to be addicting, right? If you ever watched The Social Dilemma, you know that social media is made to be addicting. That Your, your attention, your awareness is their product and so the more that they can keep you hooked the more that they are winning and making money and so yeah it's meant to be addicting and the problem is that you can never get enough of something that almost works every time that we are feeding an addiction or or, you know reaching for something that makes us feel better we are doing that because we want to move away from pain and towards pleasure that is just a natural human instinct and everything in the realm of addiction even if it's like hard drugs in that moment someone is is suffering whether it's like deep suffering or whether it's just mild discomfort in like the case of social media probably we want to distract from those uncomfortable feelings those painful feelings and we want to reach towards something that is going to take our mind away from the pain, away from the discomfort, and give us a sense of pleasure. Some some sort of dopamine hit, which social media gives us, right? And so the goal with reaching for whatever the addiction is, is to relieve discomfort or pain or suffering. The problem, the reason why it doesn't work at fully doing that forever is because you can never get enough of something that almost works. It almost works, right? In the moment, drugs definitely can make you feel happier and blissful and like, you know, all your problems are suddenly gone. But then it comes back and usually it comes back even worse. Same with social media. When we distract ourselves and start scrolling because we don't want to feel the heavy emotions that we feel, It might help for a little while. You might forget about it for a moment or two, but energy can't be created nor destroyed. It's still in you. Emotions are energy in motion, right? So it's just getting bottled up within you. And at some point it's going to explode. At some point it's going to come out and you're going to feel like shit. And so it's not actually doing the job that we think it's doing. And that is the problem with addictions, right and so again all of this just like all the other ones comes back to doing the inner work whatever that is for you you know I think that's a really broad statement but there's just whatever helps you truly get to know yourself and heal the things that are getting in the way feel your emotions work through your traumas work through the energetic blocks in your body talk to people connect These things that actually help us fix the problem, but they're not quick fixes and that's why they're not as attractive. They're not as exciting, but that is what's truly going to make the difference. Unlike these quick fixes, these little reaches for dopamine. All right, you guys, we've made it to the last one. The last one is also a quote by Peter Crone and it says, we are masterpieces and works in progress at the same time. And I thought this was a beautiful one to end with because after all of this that we've just talked about, what's most important to remember is that all of us are both masterpieces. We are divine creations of God or source or universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, we're we're quote-unquote perfect. I don't like the word perfect because it's subjective, but like we are inherently good. We are intelligent beings we have supercomputer minds we are capable of extraordinary things and we are divine in every sense of the word and yet we are also works in progress at the same time we are still human we still make mistakes we still have our shadows we still fuck up you know we still have shame we still have things we need to work through we're still not where we all want to be can you hold both of those at the same time? Can you treat yourself both as human, meaning you don't shame yourself, meaning you don't, you're don't, you not so hard on yourself, meaning you understand when you mess up that you are only human, that you're still learning, that you don't know all the answers, that it takes some trial and error before you figure things out. Can you, can you hold that? Can you hold space for that piece of your humanity? while also not forgetting your divinity don't forget that you are a creation of source that you are divine that you're literally the fact that you are breathing and your heart is beating on its own is a miracle like don't forget that you know don't forget the power that we each hold as human beings simply for being alive the potential that we have like that cannot go forgotten. So can we hold both of those duality? Can we bring them together and understand that we are both at the same time. We are masterpieces and works in progress at the same time. And that's what makes life fun. If we were perfect, if we were just gods, like there'd be nothing to work through. You wouldn't have anything to compare your life to. Like all if it was just highs, you would have it wouldn't feel like a high because you would have no lows to compare it to right? You'd have nothing to work for. And if we were just human, and just, you know, lost little humans with no divinity, you know, that would have its own problems, or not problems, but it would also just not be fun, which we all know. And so it's like we we can be both, we are both. And can we hold space for both parts of ourselves is really what it all comes down to like let's have fun, let's realize that we're human, that we're gonna mess up, that we don't know all everything, but let's not forget our divinity, because we're fucking magical creatures, and it's incredible what we can do when we get out of our own way, when we heal, when we grow, when we become, when we step into our authenticity, we can literally create whatever we want, so with all of that, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode, these 10 insights to bring with you into the new year. Hold these close, implement them in whatever way you see fit so that we can together as community step into this new year more empowered, more willing and able and open to doing the work on ourselves so that we can heal ourselves and therefore heal the planet and really just create a new world that our hearts know is possible. So... I love you all so much. I'm so excited for this new year. I have so many amazing episodes planned for you. So if you haven't already, please click the subscribe button. And if you have a couple of minutes, I would absolutely love it if you left me a rating and review. It only takes like two minutes and it means the world to me. So thank you so much for being here. I love you and we will talk soon. Bye.